Good morning. My name is Deacon Norman Freeman, and I will be presenting today's lesson titled, According to the Promise from Luke 1st Chapter, verse 46 through 55. I would like to first wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Let us go to God in prayer. Great Jehovah Yahweh, we humbly submit ourselves before you this day, thanking you for another opportunity to study your word. We pray that your word will go forward in a manner that will be pleasing and acceptable to you. We pray that you will use this lesson in a way that someone will be drawn to accept Jesus Christ as their savior. We praise you and we worship you. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah, were an elderly childless couple. They had prayed many years for a child until they reached the age where they no longer expected God to answer this request. Zechariah of the tribe of Aaron was in rotation for serving at the temple in Jerusalem. After Luke's introduction, he quickly tells the story of the birth of John the Baptist. It was Zechariah's turn to serve at the temple. As he went in to burn incense, suddenly the angel Gabriel was standing beside the incense altar. After telling him not to be afraid, Gabriel told Zachariah that God was answering his and Elizabeth's prayers for a child, a very special child that they were to name John. Because Zachariah found this hard to believe, he became speechless until after the birth of John, their baby. John grew up to be the prophet we know as John the Baptist or baptizer. Word about John's birth must have traveled quickly because Mary heard that her elderly relative was now pregnant. Mary was on the other end of the age spectrum, probably around 15 years old, the age when women of those days usually got married. Gabriel had also visited Mary to tell her that she would be pregnant in the most miraculous way ever. Mary was going to give birth to the Son of God, and this would be a virgin birth. Shortly after Gabriel's announcement to Mary, she hurried to see Elizabeth, about an 80-mile hike. As soon as she walked in the door and Elizabeth heard her, the baby John leaped in her womb and praise at the presence of the baby who was growing within Mary. At this time, Elizabeth was already six months pregnant, while Mary's pregnancy has just begun. Today's lesson, titled According to the Promise from Luke, first chapter, verse 46 through 40, I mean 55, is divided into three parts for ease of discussion. These verses 46 through 55 constitute what is generally known as the Magnificent or Mary's Song. The song can be divided into three stanzas and are the three parts of today's lesson. The first stanza, verse 46 through 49, speaks of God's grace or favor on Mary. The second stanza, verse 50 through 53, talks about what God has done in the life of the people of Israel. The third stanza, verses 54 and 55, is about God's faithfulness 
in keeping his promise to Abraham by sending the Messiah. I will read the scripture in three corresponding parts from the King James Version and discuss each part directly after the scripture reading. Again, these three parts are part one, God's personal blessing on Mary, Luke first chapter, verse 46 through 49. Part two, God's blessing on his people, Luke first chapter, verse 50 through 53. And part three, God's faithfulness in sending the Messiah, Luke first chapter, verse 54 through 55. Let's read the scripture for part one, God's personal blessing on Mary. And Luke, first chapter, verse 46 through 49, and verse 46 reads, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath come to have done great things, and holy is his name. Let's discuss part one, God's personal blessing on Mary. Mary came from Nazareth, a town that was so poor that many of its few inhabitants lived in caves. She was engaged to a very godly man with a respectable job but now she was pregnant and not by him. Thinking upon the news from angel Gabriel, Mary praises God for choosing her for this blessing in spite of her humble status. She is a poor and woman, two things that in that era assigned one to an automatic inferior status. In verse 48, Mary gives the reason for her rejoicing and gratitude. God hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. This means that God looked upon her with respect, that God showed favor to her, an otherwise insignificant person. Mary calls herself God's handmaiden, which means female slave. This is the lowest position one can get in Jewish custom. Women and slaves were regarded as the lowest class in the Jewish community of the day. They were relegated to the background, to the place of dishonor. To be both woman and slave makes her place even worse. The society has no regard for her. In contrast, God has, regarded, has regard for her. He has looked upon Mary with favor and has given her a place of honor. Here we see God who is a mighty and holy, yet he is able to look upon her and have regard for Mary, who is the lowest class. Her lowest state is not only because of her person, but also because of her heritage, Nazareth. Nazareth was one of the most insignificant and despised villages in Galilee. Mary is uniquely blessed. We have seen that the first stanza of her song deals with God's blessing to Mary. She next sings about what God has done in the life of the people of Israel. Scripture for part two, God's blessing on his people. Luke, first chapter, verse 50 through 53. And verse 50 reads, 
and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent empty away. <coughs> Let's discuss this set part two, God's blessing on his people. In verse 50, Mary celebrates God's mercy on all those who fear him or reverence him. As we look closely at the things that Mary sings about concerning how God acts, we see that when Jesus came to the earth, he brought about a moral revolution. He is using his mighty arm to sweep aside the proud. Here, the mighty are synonymous with the proud. Pride has no place in the Christian because our standard is Jesus Christ. When we see ourselves compared to him, we realize how far we are from the, how God desires us to be. Then we see a social revolution. Jesus brings an end to the labels and titles that people think elevate them. In the sight of our Lord, the lowest person is just as important as the person with money and power. Next, there is an economic revolution. Just think about the first Christian in Acts second chapter, verse 44 through 45. No one went hungry in that first Christian community because the rich sold their riches so the poor could have the basic necessities of life. Probably that ideal community existed only for a short while, but no Christian should go hungry while others have abundance. We live in a very materialistic and greedy society, but Christians should have a different set of values than that of the world. Scripture for part three, God's faithfulness in sending the Messiah. Luke first chapter verses 54 through 55 and verse 54 reads, he hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Let's discuss part three, God's faithfulness in sending the Messiah. The third stanza of Mary's hymn reveals God's faithfulness in fulfilling his promises to Abraham by sending the Messiah. Mary is thinking about God's promises to Abraham father of her people. But God promised Mother Eve, back in Genesis 3rd chapter, verse 15, that he would send a Savior that we all so much need. God is always faithful to keep his promises, even if we have to wait. This act of mercy is an old promise, a covenant God made to Abraham and to all his generations after him. It is a living covenant to all humankind that is fulfilled in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. This ends today's lesson. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for giving light to your ways and opening our minds that we may see the things that you have stored up for us. Help us to remember to be obedient to you in every way. Help us to recognize that while we are alive here on earth, that we must live in a manner that reflects your ways and your values. Give us the wisdom to know and understand what life in your presence will be like. 
Help us to understand that all we need to do is tell the story and the Holy Spirit does the rest. Bless this lesson and allow it to touch someone to bring them to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.